Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. second half Turner just ran oh. into the brick wall that is Sean Darcy he caught him <laughs> he jumped up into him and he caught him because Hughes has got it back he stabs the pass in and it was pinpoint onto the chest of Sean Darcy he's been the third ranked trio player across the last four rounds and he knows where the goals are big Sean Darcy and now the kick to Darcy who got on his bike in front of Francis kick towards Darcy with strong hands loads up to the line. It's a big buddy bomb. Darcy got there. Towards McLean and Darcy plugs a big mark. Darcy front position again. Walters in and around there. Darcy got it out. 19. Darcy with strength in the ruck. Just up at a clearer path and put it on the boot and find Rory Long. 23 today. The left footer. We're going to ride it all the way. And it was the best decision Michael Walters has ever made. <laughs> Yeah, those highlights courtesy of the Fremantle Football Club who have put it out there. The great news is, and as we confidently predicted here on the Sporting Goss, Sean Darcy would stay with the Fremantle Football Club despite very strong overtures from the Eastern States. It is great news for the football club. And he's come of age. He was pretty disappointing in his early days of pushing through the pain barrier at times. And we had discussions with many Fremantle-connected people on this show and other radio shows in regards to... Sean Darcy needing to stay out on the ground. And in the absence of Aaron Sandlands, he really has done same. He's been simply outstanding this year. He's arguably one of the most improved. The best part about it, he's just got fitter and stronger. Well done, Fremantle, for signing Sean Darcy up, of course, till the end of 2024, putting to bed rumours he was considering a move back to Victoria. A two-year contract extension. Of course, he was already locked in for 2022. Quote, I'm really enjoying being over here. I have a great support system. I feel like the club is going in a really good direction. We've got a really young and exciting group building. We want to stay together and we're really close as a group. I'm really enjoying living over here and the club. It's a really good environment. I bought a house here, so I feel like I won't be moving anytime soon. The old buyer house. Anyway, he quashed uh, the rumours that he was considering a move back to Geelong. Great news. Great news for Fremantle. If you're a Fremantle Dockers fan, love to hear from you this morning. 0487 736 or better still, come on air and have your say about Sean Darcy. Free metal fans, I know you're listening in your droves. 131255. 131255. Or text, love your text. 0487 736 736. The news is that Sean Darcy 
has stayed with West, with the, in Western Australia, should I say, in Western Australia, with the Fremantle Dockers until the end of 2024. Interesting, it's only an extra two-year contract extension. Mind you, he does have next year. So it's basically a, a new deal, and it's a great job. Now they've just got to try and keep Adam Chera. If you're a Fremantle fan, are you as confident of keeping Chera as you are Sean Darcy? Well done. Hey, what about last night also? What about last night or this morning? New Zealand are the World Test Champions after pulling off a remarkable win, a remarkable win in their game against India, their test match in England. And we've got the final moments, and we'll also hear from their skipper, Kane Williamson. If you're a Kiwi fan, you're up and about this morning. Such a great player. Such a proud Kiwi. Whips that one away, and how appropriate that Ross Taylor and Kane Williamson are there for this moment, for this team. It's a story that's akin to David versus Goliath, but Kane Williamson and his team are now world test champions and living proof that sometimes, just sometimes, nice guys do finish first. Uh, very special feeling, obviously, um, a couple of close ones and nice to, to get one under the belt. Um, we knew going into this game it was going to be an incredibly tough challenge and I think even coming into the last day, although it was um, staggered uh, with the weather and, and all the delays that we had, <coughs> all, all results were on the table and um, you know it was just great the, the heart that our team showed as well um, to, to get across the line, but a brilliant test match. A special achievement, um, one that will be celebrated and, and remembered. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Kane Williamson, and well done to the Kiwis. If you're a Kiwi, here's your chance to gloat this morning. 0487 736 736. Currently 12.8 degrees in Perth. And if you're listening on SEN Spirit 621, it's a bit chilly down in the southwest. And just a reminder, too, to our friends down in the southwest, Gillian Goss tomorrow morning from the Dolphin Discovery Centre. We've got a big morning planned with a lot of our clients, our supporters of our station and our network, and we're looking forward to getting down there. And Gilly is very keen to get down there and get amongst it. So we'll be heading down there tonight for tomorrow's big show, Gilly and Goss. Adam Simpson will join us. Pat Rafter will join us. And Andrew Bogart. Wow, what a show tomorrow. The best show ever. We've saved the best for Bunbury and the Southwest on SEN Spirit 621. Gilly and Goss. On air tomorrow. SENZ S-E-N-Z launched today. And Baz McCullum, the cricket great, was on, of course, and very, very bullish about the Kiwi victory. Here is Baz McCullum this morning. Yeah, obviously immensely proud. Um, I just got off the phone, actually, to Stephen Fleming as well. And, and you could hear in his voice just how proud he, he was as well. And I'm sure every person that's played for the New Zealand cricket side over... A, all the generations um, are, are feeling the same thing right now. It's, it's been quite an incredible journey, and not just from 2013 when, when we probably had our, our rock-bottom moment, but from well before that too. It's been just a, a tremendous journey, and, and for them, for the boys now, Kane's side, to be standing at the, at the top of the mountain is, is quite incredible. And you know, it's, uh, I think it's going to be one of those things which just takes a little while to sink in, and, and I'm sure they're going to wake up tomorrow very proud with very sore heads. Um, but they, they bloody deserve it because uh, they're just tremendous ambassadors for not just the game but for our country as well. And I couldn't wish, wish it upon uh, more greater blokes than those guys. And it happened almost a bit suddenly because it had rained for five days. There was the fear that there would be a, no result and uh, a shared result. And then to see it come together this morning and fittingly the, the two batsmen in the middle of the ground at the, at the time who'd been on such a journey to hit the winning runs uh, would have been something special for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't sure they were going to have enough time, to be honest, to be able to push the result. But I guess that's a, the beauty of the side. They've done it so many times. We've seen them, well, they've taken 10 wickets in a session. They, even to qualify for the World Test Championship, they had to pull off some miracles along the way. So I think they just needed a, a bit of a, a kickstart. And I thought Kane's captaincy to, to go against tradition, to throw the ball to, to Cole Jameson early, who makes things happen. Um, he obviously got the early breakthrough. And from that moment, I think hope sort of turned to belief and, and then they just got on that, uh, on that role and I thought I woke up this morning at half past four and, and watched the, the final stages of, of that run chase and you're spot on to see both Kane and, and Ross who have been through that journey together and who have achieved so much as individuals to, for them to finally get their, their collective moment um, which, which they'll remember forever was, was just such a, a great picture for, for all New Zealand cricket fans. There it is, Baz McCullum on the launch of the official launch of SENZ, of course, and he's up and about the Kiwi uh, former star, of course, and now a big star of SENZ as well. Also, we've got a big show coming up. Bo Wardman from Subiaco is going to join us. Fred Lee, a WA golfer, and he's got a bit of a journey. He's had a journey, and he's heading back to the States to tell us more about that. He had a win on the weekend. He took out one of the amateur, one of the prized amateur prizes in golf on the weekend. He's following in footsteps of one of the game's greatest. In fact, more than just one, a couple of the game's greatest. He'll tell that story a little later in this half hour. Also, Tyler Love will join us and Ryan Hill will join us. Not too sure where we're going to have Ryan. His name doesn't appear on my sheet, but we'll do speak to Ryan Hill probably out of the 11 o'clock news because he does have a ride first race at Pinjarra today. And yesterday we had William Pike on. He rode three winners today. Ryan Hill a jockey has got a number of rides down there at Pinjarra and he's very confident. Don't forget, get your pen and paper ready and remind yourself, always gamble responsibly. This is the Sporting Goss. Welcome back on this Thursday edition, 17 past 10. The news through Sean Darcy will stay with the Dockers until 2024. He's added an extra two years to his contract. Uh, And I put it out there, get in touch with us on, you can text or speak to us. Of course, a lot of Fremantle fans up and about today, 0487 736 736. Tim, on June the 19th, you sent out a tweet saying, Sean is telling others that he's looking to head home. That was only a few days ago. What has changed? Well, no name on that text, but definitely a phone number. Uh, Interesting enough, for those who don't know, a bit of uh, license on Twitter because I was responding to a real Sean Darcy parody account and I was put a a little emoji on there like a shh, like telling, you know what I mean, shh. um, Sometimes people just don't quite get a sense of (laughs) humour when it comes. Anyway, look, the bottom line is it is great news. Just enjoy it, Frio fans. I mean, it's, it's a great signing. I mean, he's, a, he's really an improved player. He's still got a lot to learn. You know, he's not Nick Nat Nui or anyone like that. He's not Brody Grundy, but he's a very good player and he's going to get better because he's young and he's strong and he's going to get fitter. But, yeah, just to respond to that um, text just doesn't have a name on it. If you are going to text us, and especially if you're going to line us up from the long run, don't be afraid to put your name on there. We'd love to get your name because we've got your number. Uh, June 19, you sent out a tweet saying Sean is telling others he's looking to head home. Um, that was only a few days ago, so what has changed? Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It was just having a bit of fun with the parody account that was set up by someone who's pretending to be Sean Darcy. You know how it works. The, one, the, the difference between my tweet and their tweet is that I'm really... Tim Gossage. Let's talk waffle footy.
Let's talk WAFL football as we do every day on Sporting Goss here on SENWA. Thanks for your company if you're listening through SEN Spirit 621 or podcasting catch-up as well. One of our regulars on the show is the coach of Subiaco, and that's Bo Wardman. And, Bo, as I welcome you to the show, uh, have you had a chance to dissect what went wrong against West Coast last week? Morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for us it was probably centred around our contested game. We just couldn't get that uh, get that going. I think we sort of averaged 40, 45 hardball gets and we were down as low as um, almost 15 for the for the game, which was disappointing. Um, and certainly I thought West Coast uh, ability around the contest to, to move the ball and, and get it from inside to outside didn't give us much opportunity. So there was some opportunity for, for some tackles and pressure and, and we couldn't get that side of the game going. Um, I suppose testament to the the boys that kept fighting and um, gave us a look late, but uh, we weren't quite good enough to get the job done. What was the pleasing aspect? Give me a. I know it's hard because you don't get the points and it's all team. I get that and club base. But what was some of the elements that you took away from saying that was good? We'll tick that box. And and what was probably the most disappointing aspect? Um, oh, I thought the the positive was the, the resilience. At, at one point, I thought we we could get blown away here by eight or nine goals, um, but they continued to. To fight back, and they they heard the messages and um, and went went about implementing that. So I thought we we had some uh, momentum at time, and we we're able to capitalise on that. But we just weren't able to stem uh, stem West Coast, particularly in that third quarter. They sort of had a run on of uh, five or six goals in that um, third quarter, and we weren't able to stem that. Uh, probably started in and around the contest, and then um, some of our defensive stuff just around in general play um, just walked weren't quite at the level that we needed to be uh, as consistently. Ben Sokol, quite outstanding. Kicks six goals in a losing team like that. You know, plays above his, his stature, doesn't he? I mean, I, I know he's strong, but when he's got the ball in his hands, you, you must uh, light it up in the coach's box because he doesn't let you down too often. To kick six goals in a losing team in a low-scoring contest like that, that was outstanding. Yeah, no, certainly. His, his, his work rate's uh, really strong, and um, I think he kicked, uh, three or four of the, the six in the last quarter, which um, which is something we've been working with him just about staying stay engaged in the game and, and he'll get his, his opportunities will come and sometimes that happens early in the game and, and sometimes it's not until late. But uh, he's certainly uh, on, the, on the lead. There's not too many that can stop him. Um, he's got really strong hands and he's, he's constantly working on his goal kicking and, and being really accurate with that. And um, some of that's uh, coming to fruition over the last couple of weeks. So he's starting to get into to some really good form and, um, I think that's helping to bring some of the other guys in and around uh, to support him. Bo Wardman, our guest on Sporting Goss, the coach of Subiaco. So let's turn our attention to a home clash again, Leaderville Oval. This game will be broadcast on SEN Radio on the weekend. Tyson Beattie and the crew calling the play-by-play. You take on Swan Districts, and we know they're in this very condensed competition in regards to you know spots for the top five. They're on the cusp of the five. They are fifth, but they've got some, some breathing down their neck, and if they win, they could jump themselves up a couple of spots as well. It's always tough, but you've got a big chance to bounce back at home. Yeah, certainly, and that's, that's been our focus this week, uh, really responding. Um, we know Swan Districts are a quality team, and they, they pushed us uh, really hard back in um, round seven when we played them out at Bassendine mm-hmm. Oval, so we're under no illusion that uh, their best is, is really good, and they've won some um, some pretty big games in this year and significantly improved, so we're going to have to be at our best uh, and performing uh, a little bit better than what we were last Saturday, um, but I think it was a bit of a wake-up call for... For, for the coaches and, and for the players alike, just to, to sharpen ourselves up. So um, hopefully we get a, a really good crowd at, at uh, Leaderville Oval on um, 
what's what's should be a, a fine Saturday afternoon. Yeah, very much so. We're going to be a clear day, no doubt, on Saturday and five waffle games to boot, which is absolutely brilliant for grassroots footy here in the West. Five games all on the Saturday afternoon. I, I really uh, think everyone loves that being kept open for the local competition here in WA. Um, may I ask uh, the, the actual group itself, when they came back to training after the loss on the weekend, do, do you sense uh, they try and move on quickly? I mean, I'm sure you do as a coaching staff, albeit as you assess the performance, but do you feel like they got their head back in the game to take on Swans pretty quickly? And when you've got a captain like Lee Kitchen and, and plenty of other experienced players like you know Lockyer and Marsh and the like, do you like to get straight back in the game? Uh, yes. I mean, Monday wasn't, uh, I think, been around Subiaco when you lose. It's, it's not a fun place. Uh, it's not something that we, we like to do too often. Um, we had a pretty strong review on, on Monday, which uh, I suppose from a, from a coaching staff and, and some of our senior players, and um, there was nothing nothing left uh, untouched. So that, that was really positive. And but the, boy, the way the boys responded last night at training was, was really good and um, showed some really positive signs. So we we know that once we've done our review on a Monday that we, we park that and then um, take the learnings and, and move forward with the week. So was was happy with how the boys approached last night's training session and um, hopefully uh, we can bring that on Saturday now. One question about one of your players, and that's Greg Clark. Now, I spoke to him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he didn't nominate for the, the mid-season rookie. Uh, he said, look, no one had knocked on his door. He's 24. He shed that sort of under-18, state-18s captaincy hangover, which many believed, oh, when, when you're captain of a state-18s team, you, you should be drafted because you're considered a great leader and a quality player and all that sort of stuff. So I reckon it took him a while to, to shake that off. He's a big unit. I don't think he played his best game on the weekend, but I think he probably learned a lot from going against the likes of Luke Shuey, getting it on quickly, not trying to do too much. He's 24, and we know that there's still opportunities for players of that age and that ilk. We're seeing, although albeit is a bit younger, Connor West is now on the Eagles list. Do you genuinely think Greg Clark could go to a good football club and have an impact at the AFL level? Oh, without a doubt. I think that the, the growth and maturity that I've seen in him uh, over the last couple of years has been outstanding. Um, we spoke about the, the State 18, the captaincy, and probably a bit of disappointment about mm-hmm. not getting the opportunity. Um, certainly gets built up as a as an underage player, but um, the way that he's gone about it, he's, he's, whenever you go into the club, he seems to be there, whether it's in the gym or, or his ice bar. So his, his preparation is, is at AFL level. Um, he's certainly performances this year. He, yeah, he had his lot. Colours lowered a little bit on on Saturday, but I think the, the eight games that he's played prior to that have, have been outstanding, and has been one of our um, really consistent performers. He's he's got the ability to break the lines. His, his strength in the contest has been really strong, and um, his, his kicking and disposal efficiency certainly um, significantly improved. And um, obviously going up a level with the with the heat on the contest, that's that's important. Mm. So um, I think I think going into a a full-time environment at a at a good club, as you said, um, he's, he's going to really thrive in that environment, and um, he's, he's got that sort of character that he's really willing to listen and learn and and develop his game. And um, it would be a great opportunity for him, and certainly a club couldn't go too far wrong with with a player like him on their list. Yeah, no doubt. Bo Wardman, our guest from the Subiaco Football Club, coach of the Lions. Yeah, I agree. I think Greg Clark uh, certainly would be on the radar uh, this year in particular. Another one who had a bit of a taste of it pre-season, doing the pre-season out there and trying out, was uh, Nicholas Martin, who I saw on the weekend. He needs a couple of good months in the gym, but at the same time, his skill set is uh, quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. He's, 
he's continuing to grow into his body. Um, I think he'd learned a, a lot about the de- defensive side of his game um, when he was at West Coast and the, the ability that you need to really repeat effort and um, training with the likes of, of Josh Kennedy and uh, Darling. And then, then he said he had, to, he had to play on Jeremy McGovern in one of the sessions. So I think he learned a fair bit out of that. Um, he's, he's really good overhead and he's got some um, athletic ability with his, with his running and speed, which uh, has been important. And, um, he's displayed that probably over the last couple of weeks without hitting the scoreboard, but some of his chase-down tackles and defensive pressures mm. um, really improved. So he's just got to con- continue to work to, to get to the right positions. And um, when, when he's in those positions, he takes a good mark and um, he's generally pretty accurate with goals. So hopefully if he can have a really strong back end of the season, he's, he's one that's going to be up in lights again there and um, will certainly help our cause um, at the back end of the season. It's a big year, isn't it, for for Waffle Footy? I mean, when you when we make pre-season predictions and we go nine, ten games into the season, very hard to to find the outright premiership favourite. Claremont almost got bowled over by West Coast. You got bowled over by West Coast, albeit they were much stronger and they certainly got some quality players back. Um, West Perth, who knows? Perth are pretending that they're going to be good and then drop off very quickly, even with their good players back. It is a very concealed flag at the moment you were just part of the mix yeah absolutely I think that's uh, it's, it's a great position to be in and the, the, the competition's really even which is um, I think important to, to, to have a really healthy second tier competition certainly West Coast when uh, it's probably unprecedented with the number of injuries that they've had reflective of some of the, the losses that they've had early in the season but they, they'll get a few players back and I think um, anyone on their day can can win, um, which is important. So you can't can't go into any game lightly, and and you've got to be at your best, um, which is which is great and healthy for a vibrant competition. And I suppose the uh, we've sort of been put up there. We we taught Claremont and South Fremantle as those, those sort of teams, but I think um, that the evenness across the competition this year is is there to see and. Um, We've got a big challenge this week against Swan Districts. You very much so. And last one for you, Bo. Bo Wardman, our guest from the Subiaco Footy Club, the coach of the Lions. Uh, not that you're looking that far in advance, but a, a, as a coach of a waffle team, are you pleased that the grand final be, has been anchored down at Optus Stadium? Oh, definitely. I think it's the, 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 the premier state league uh, in the country. If, if we're not playing the premier um, grand final at, at our at our biggest and best venue, then um, we're probably selling ourselves short. It's it's a great incentive for the the players that that play not only the at league level but for for the Colts and the um, the reserves guys that generally don't do anything for the uh, the financial benefits um, for them to be able to to look forward and aspire to to be able to play on the at Optus Stadium. Um, it's, it's a rarity, so it's something pretty special, and I think it's important that um, we get the opportunity to to put our best foot forward to be able to be part of that day. So um, I think it's a, it's a great move by the Footy Commission and hopefully that continues for the many years to come. Thanks for taking our call today. Good luck on the weekend, Saturday at Leaderville Oval against Swan Districts. And I am confident, I am confident, Bowie, the Mighty Lions can bounce <laughs> back. Nah, appreciate it, Tim. Thanks very much. Always good, enjoy the chat. Good on you, mate. There's Bo Wardman, the coach of Subiaca. Does a, a great job. Not easy being coach of Subi. There's an expectation that they're going to win every game. It doesn't happen like that. The competition has certainly got better. But he's done a remarkable job keeping them up and about, and they deserve to be right in the mix. This is The Sporting Goods.
Lots of love on the text line. Also, Eastern Conference Finals game one, Atlanta 98, Milwaukee 98. Five and a half minutes to go. Antetokounmpo and Trey Young going head to head in that game. Well, not head to head because they're both different players, but certainly on the scoring sheet they are. Andrew from Bateman. Good on you, Andrew. Ballsy for you. Uh, he was the one who's uh, questioned uh, my comment on Twitter on June 19. Uh, good on you, Andrew. He didn't put his name on it, but he's followed up with saying that it was from Andrew from Bateman. Lots of love on the text for uh, the Fremantle Football Club on their big announcement today, and there's plenty happening on socials as well. Get in touch with us here on the Sporting Goss any way you like, 0487 736 736 or 131255. Coming up after the news, we'll be chatting with Ryan. He'll get your pen and paper ready. This man is going to Pinjarra. He's riding in a race in about oh, just over an hour's time. Let me tell you, you want to get your pen and paper ready because every single jockey, trainer, owner who has come on our show has basically said, has basically said, has basically said they'll ride a winner, train a winner or own a winner. And Ryan Hill will do the same. Thank you, Ed. Here is the news. Welcome back to the Sporting Goss. William Pike was our guest yesterday and he declared he'd have a pretty good day. Well, he did. He had three winners and a gentleman who rode at the meeting and also finished in the placings was Ryan Hill. He's been kind enough to join us ahead of the meeting at Pinjarra today. The early start too, let me tell you. And he is in the first race, which goes very, very shortly at 11.47. So we get the chat away. You're on Systems 10. We appreciate your time. You're on Systems 10 in the first race. Yeah, good morning, on Good morning, listeners. Um, yeah, it's a solid each-way chance. It's drawn the right side of the uh, track, so I definitely would have someone to place on that one. Okay, so we're talking about the 1,000 metres. So this is the straight, uh, the straight five or whatever they call it down the straight. Uh, t- tell our listeners who are listening right now where you need to be uh, when you come down the straight at Pinjarra. Yeah, down the outside fence. So obviously when you look for barriers, obviously normally low numbers are what you want, but down the straight you want the highest number possible. So we've come up with barrier 12 of 12. So that's perfect. We'll mm. jump out, follow the outside fence and stay there. Hey, how important is that fence? Does that just provide you with uh, and the horse with, uh, with a, a guide to, to go with? And is the ground better out there considering all the racing's n- normally done on the other side? Yeah, it is, and there's a slight um, dip. If you actually walk it, when we meet the course proper, there's a slight hill So uh, to the inside. That's why it's such an advantage to be middle to outside. Um, you've, you never see anyone go down the inside. It's impossible to win. So, yeah, it's a big advantage to draw the outside. I like your chances on a horse called Special Image in the in race number – I'm trying to work out what race number are you in – uh, in race two on the program. And, of course, uh, this is for Elva Van Murick. And, of course, this is a horse that a couple of starts ago finished just out of the placings behind Baranova, who was very impressive again yesterday. And you went to Northern next up behind Savvy Dan. Uh, do you like its chances today? Yeah, again, a good each-way chance. Savvy Dan only just got beat again the other day. So, um, you know, these staying races are very tricky to uh, even bunch of horses. But... We'll get a good run from that barrier, and I think the first two races are solid each-way chances. I think you've got a good day, full full stop, and I think it might be a good day. Did you know everyone that's come on, every single trainer, rangeman, jockey, owner, whatever it may be of any of the codes that's come on, has not, quote, has not had a winner on the day that we've interviewed them. So it's your day, boy. It's your day. Oh, I hope so. I think the next one's my best one. So, yeah, let's hope. Yeah, Real Senor, which goes around for Robin Elliott in the Stables Affair Maiden Race 3 on the program. Uh, Spruik Y, this is a horse you've had a fair bit to do with. Yeah, no, I'm really happy. Uh, The form's held up super out of this race. Um, 
the horse that beat me last start, it came out and won yesterday. Mm. Um, Brad Parnham come on uh, your show and he declared the horse that ran third. Um, short talk. So, um, no, the form, yeah, the form's really strong out of the race. So, drawn a bit wide, but that's okay. We'll jump, we'll either lead or sit outside the leader, and I think it'll be really hard to beat. Now, you didn't uh, ride talk all you want last start. You had another ride in the race, I think, which went okay. They took put on Vic Corva, but you go back on it, and this is uh, talk all you want for, uh, for veteran trainer Bobby McPherson. Yep, just keep an eye on this one. We'll go back today from the wide gate and hopefully hit the line, but just keep an eye on him. When he draws a barrier, I think he'll be winning and I think he'll be at good odds. But I'm not saying he couldn't run a race today, but I'd say definitely keep an eye out for him the next couple of starts when he draws a barrier. Okay, we will do so. Uh, vital times, again, it's always about the place. Vital times. Had 10 career starts for four placings. Never far away. And again, a horse you've had a long association with. Yeah, she's knocking on the door. She's um, desperate to win one of these because <laughs> if, if she can win today, she'll go to the Oaks in 10 days' time. So, um, look, she's a really nice horse and um, Jeff and Fenella do a super job with her so you know she'll get a beautiful run from that barrier and hit, be hitting the line strong so yeah another one that's a solid each way chance and keep following because she'll definitely be winning soon. Well, I think each way all day for you apart from I think Real Senor I think is a genuine winning chance It could be you could be in the money four or five times today with this very strong book of rides and that goes down to Genora too for Paul Jordan uh, nice filly a really consistent filly but uh, itching for a win has won a fair bit of prize money mind you with just the one victory yeah, no, she stakes placed. Um, she's first time down the straight, and again, she's drawn the right side. Chris Parnham's horse looks super hard to beat, and Chrissy's riding fantastic at the moment. So, um, look, I think we're playing for Seffin in that race, but the same thing again. We'll jump out, we'll sit on that outside fence and follow him for as long as we can and hopefully have the last crack. So she's super fast and wouldn't surprise me if she ran top three. All righty, so there's a lot to like, but you do think your best chance is race three, number one, Real Senor. If we were playing three horses, if the punters are listening to you right now and getting onto Gostradamus and trying to find a winner, always gamble responsibly. Give me the three horses you think will definitely, of your ride today, finish in the money. The first two will definitely run places and Real Senor the win. Okay, so races one, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'll throw Chrissy Parnham under the bus as well. He'll win the last, so, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're not riding Saturday. What, what's the story there? And you're going up to Broome, I see, on Sunday. Yeah, no, um, a friend of mine, Jake Casey, just uh, I, I've known Jake for years, an apprentice and uh, sort of thing, and he just asked if I'd come up and ride a few for him on Sunday at Broome. So just, uh, you know, it's nice to mix it up sometimes because – it's nice and cold down here at the moment, so yeah. I thought I'd take the opportunity to go and see a bit of sunshine and catch up with a few friends up there. Uh, Peter Hall's up there as well at the moment, so, yeah, just pop up there for the weekend and then straight back at it for the next few weeks. Yeah, well, mate, you're a pleasure to watch, and often the horses you're on are all nice, juicy each-way odds, mate. I think you've got a, an enormous following, and you've certainly got a big following here on SENWA and the Sporting Goss. So keep up the good work, and I've got a good feeling about today, and I reckon there might be more than just the one winner there for you today, but appreciate your time. No, great. Thanks for your time and good luck to all your listeners. Good on you. There he is, Ryan Hill. Boy Hill, outstanding jockey, let me tell you. They call him Fear the Beard. He's got the beard going and he is riding exceptionally well and he's riding at Pinjarrit today. So there it is there. He likes the first two, races one and two for the place. He likes, of course, his real senior in race three for the win. So there it is there if you're having a bit of a play. And he thinks Chris Parnham will win the last race as well. He's tipping other jockey's horses. I like the cut of his cloth. This is the Sporting Goss. Sounds like this. Well, congratulations to Fred Lee, who took out the City of Perth Amateur Championship at the weekend at Royal Perth. He joins us now. He's uh, added another 
victory to his name. A long list, of course, as well as the state amateur championships way back in 2016. Oh, you just keep on knocking up wins, Fred. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, and thanks for having me on the show. How did you play? Obviously, you played very well. If you were to look at yourself uh, in a critical way, how did you perform? Um, I must say that I was really, really pleased with how I play. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the scores, but on the uh, in the semifinals and the finals, I won on the 19th hole in the semifinals and uh, the 18th hole in the finals. Um, there were really, really tough matches against some really good opponents, and uh, I was just really uh, proud of how I handled myself, especially when the when things got going tough. Yeah, and can I make mention of that? I mean, that's more of a psychological thing, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's hanging in there as you talk about when things get tough. And, and golf is very much a mind game. You've got to keep yourself together technique-wise and, and play to your strengths. But at the same time is you've got to be also mentally in tune with the pressure that's building. Oh, definitely, 100%. You can be more right about that. Um, for me, it's like there are, there are a lot of thoughts going into the last day. You know, I, I haven't won a tournament in three years, two years because of uh, just being busy in college and not really playing my best and also just a whole year off because of COVID. So coming into this tournament, being a member here since uh, our Royal Perth Golf Club, since I was just a kid, I you know, I had some expectations on myself to do well. And um, on the final day, I, I really was thinking about trying to win it. Um, but I couldn't let myself, you know, get too far ahead uh, of my own game. And I just try to keep calm and collected and do my best and uh, treat the situation um, as best as I could. How do you go in working on your uh, sort of methodology, so to speak, I mean, in regards to, you know, this, the situation, the way the course management is, uh, your stroke play, your mental toughness as well? How hard do you work on that part of the, your game? Oh, so this is um, pretty, uh, a big, uh, interesting thing for me because I think it's the defining factor that's changed how I've played in the past compared to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have a specific way of training and it wasn't really getting me many results. Um, I used to just mindlessly, you know, practice and practice, almost to my hands led. And while that, you know, seems like, you know, practice will get you far, it's not necessarily just mindless hours of hard work. For me, I had to really look at my game and identify what parts of it were lacking. And it was this new way of just like efficiently practicing and utilising my time as best as I could that I think has really helped me improve my game. And I think it's pretty evident with the win over the weekend. Quality over quantity. Yes, definitely. Craig Bishop, tell us a bit about his, uh, the coach, Craig Bishop, who has uh, put the polish on some very, very good golfers over the journey. He was an outstanding golfer in his own right. Talk to me about uh, his role in regards to your success on the weekend. Oh, I think he's the uh, one that started it all for me a, a little over about a year ago when I came back from the United States. Um, he basically sat me down and said, look, I don't think your training has been very efficient. And, you know, as a player, that hurts to hear because you're playing, you're, you're putting in so many of your own hours into the game. And when you're told that you're not doing something right, you know, you kind of feel a bit bad. But it's the things that you really need to hear to, as a player to improve. And he's the one that told it to me straight and simple, which I really appreciate. And um, I've changed the way I practice because of it. And I think, you know, he really, really cares about his players. He doesn't really... Uh, doesn't care too much if your feelings get hurt at the moment because what he really wants is you to do the best that you can in the long run. I think that's why so many of his players have had a, a great success. Like um, I played against Joey Owen, Joey Owen over the final in the weekend and he's just been going great. He's been playing some really solid golf 
And another uh, one of his players, Kirsten Rudgley, has a lot of success um, in and around uh, Western Australia. WA is a, is a wonderful breeding ground for quality golfers uh, on the European, on the on the US tour, on the Australian tour and the like. Um, you've just taken out the City of Perth Amateur and I know you're still a young man, but what's your aspirations in your golfing journey? Uh, do, do, I mean, the common question asked of anyone who wins as an amateur is, when are you going to turn professional? Do you have any aspirations to turn pro at any stage? And if so, when? Oh, definitely. I'm definitely aiming to turn pro- a professional one day. But for now, I'd like, love to just uh, finish off my college degree, um, have something beside me as I, you know, take on the touring life. As it can be pretty rough, it, it isn't easy. There are, are a lot of really, really good and capable golf- golfers. So. Um, before I take on that challenge, I'd like to have a little bit of backup just before. Yeah, and then speaking of that, you're studying engineering product design at Stanford in the States. Has that all been sort of um, pushed around because of COVID or did you just try and get out of the States as quick as possible or was it always planned to come back? Just tell us a bit about your, your life structure yeah, in regards it to was, COVID. Uh, it was a huge kerfuffle. I was in my second year of university, my sophomore year, and um, towards the end of it, uh, we were just getting ready for our spring season and, you know, basically we got the announcement that it was all cancelled because of COVID. Mm. And because that time is, you know, really quite frightening news, I tried to get back to Australia as fast as I could. I got back to Perth the day before the San Francisco airports were all closed. So I was fortunate to get back to my, to my family. And um, it really just put, I guess, a real roadblock in everyone's journey. And for me, it, it was nice because I got a year to kind of really figure out what I wanted to do and how I needed to do it. And I'm just really glad now that, uh, especially with like the win on the weekend, that mm. some of that practice has paid off, you know? Absolutely. Fred Lee is our guest. He won the City of Perth Amateur at Royal Perth on the weekend, beating Joe Owen on the 18th. Um, other great golfing people have gone through uh, Stanford University. Can you rattle off a few names? Oh, just a few. Maybe I don't know if you've heard of Tiger Woods or <laughs> Tom Watson, Nota Begay. <laughs> um, yeah, the, Stanford is a really, really special place and I'm really fortunate to be there and I've met some incredible people and I'm sure I've met some people that will go on to do some really great things. So I'm very lucky to be amongst them. How many in the golfing fraternity over there at Stanford, roughly? Um, so when I was on the team, we had 12 players, 12 very capable and competitive players. Mm. And where did you sit in that 12? If you were to put yourself in as as a player, if you were to pecking order, not that they're probably going to hear this, but tell us where you sat, you reckon, <laughs> in, that, in those 12 I'd like to see myself as number one. Yeah. But in reality, it is, uh, <laughs> it is very, very competitive. You know? We're all there and we all love the game of golf and we're all trying our hardest to win and play our best. So we can range anywhere between I've, I've played number one before, I've played number five, I've been out of the lineup. So it varies from week to week. But I think what's great about it is that you're all pushing each other really, really hard. So no matter what, your drive to game is only going to get larger and you're going to improve. You're an amateur and it's not cheap golf. How do you survive in the world of equipment and coaching and support and travel and all that sort of stuff? Would you like to share that part of the journey? Yeah, of course. We have, um, we have, you are definitely right. Golf is definitely not a cheap sport. Um, for a good set of golf clubs, it could cost, you know, anywhere between three and five grand uh, if you're really trying to make it out as an amateur. But we're really, really fortunate. We have, um, we have teams such as Golf Western Australia that really look after us. I remember as a junior, um, they helped me with everything from flights to hotels to uh, physiotherapy to coaching. 
they're the ones that are sending me out on all these golfing trips to get exposure. So without them, I really couldn't have done any of the uh, of what I've done in the past. And it's uh, it's really nice. One thing about um, coming back to Perth and playing is that I get to see a lot of the faces that I um, grew up with along uh, alongside Golf WA. Playing in some of these events, I see some really familiar faces and. You know, they, they haven't changed at all. They're still the, as nice as they were to me as before. And it's really cool because I see them helping out the next wave of juniors. So uh, it's awesome that they're keeping that going. And, you know, I really couldn't be prouder to be uh, to have been a member of Golf WA. Yeah, and Gary Thomas, uh, the chief executive there, we got him on the show a little bit later. And there's some great news. That part of the, the Australian PGA circuit is going to uh, contain a, a couple of months over here in WA or a couple of weeks over here in Western Australia, which is absolutely brilliant for the swing. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's terrific for WA golf. Yeah, that's right. They've got the um, Nexus Risk Western Australian Open at Fremantle and the uh, PGA Championship at uh, Kalgoorlie, if I'm not mistake, mm. mistaken. That's, um, that's awesome news, especially for getting more golf uh, traction in Australia. We'll get a lot of the uh, Eastern State players to come and play as well. So golf in general is just going to be booming a little bit more now, and um, there's definitely going to be some really good competition. So yeah. that's awesome. I think everyone at Golf WA just wants, when you win the, 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 the Masters or the British Open or whatever it may be, that you remain the friendly that they remember and you don't become you know, you know, rich and famous and forget about them on the, on the, on the climb up. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely, I definitely don't think that's going to happen. The first thing I'm doing when I uh, win the Masters or any major championship, I told some of my um, professionals that, that my home clubs that I'm coming straight back and uh, having a beer with them. <laughs> nice work by you. How's your brother Min Woo going on the European tour? <laughs> I, I think he's going pretty well. I think he's going really well. Did you know that he um, was going to – did you know when, when – you know, you're following through. Obviously, Min Woo Lee is not your brother, but I know you've you've tried to, to bulldust a few people through the journey, you two, playing silly games with yeah, people. Definitely. But just <laughs> – did you realise – because he's not a huge oh, – no, he's got bigger, don't get me wrong, but were you surprised that he hits it? so far and he's one of the biggest hitters on the tour well the thing is i remember playing with him when i was six years old so he would have been seven and i remember that he really gave it you know a wallop (laughs) and i didn't think much of it at the time but uh i thought you know he swings it hard and then couple that with his uh you know huge work ethic of Mm. just being an absolute grinder and starting gym at a young age, I'm not. I couldn't say I'm surprised that he hits it super, super long because I think he's done all the work necessary to to get there. Um, but it's it, it is really cool uh, to see someone that I played alongside with go on and do so much in the uh, in the golfing world. Yeah, he's a good fella and a good player, and he's still got a bright future. It all happened pretty quick for him. He's sort of recalibrating. Yeah, recalibrating at the moment. So where to now for you? You're going back to the states. Hopefully, going back in a couple of months' time. What's sort of on the on the golf journey for you right now as an amateur, or, or do you put the clubs away and prepare for the states? Uh, for me, right now, I've, I've got a few more events in Australia, and then I'm planning on heading back to the states in August to finish off my degree, whilst also playing in uh, quite a few events over there uh, in the summer, because um, it's summer in the states now, and there are a plethora of golf tournaments. And after that, I'll uh, head back to the team and uh, represent the Stanford Tree again. Good on you, mate.
hey, look, congratulations. I know, as you said, it broke the, a little bit of a drought, but through various forms of COVID and having to come back and all crazy stuff, it was, mm. not, it was nice to get some balance back in your life and also get a victory with the City of Perth Amateur Championship at Royal Perth, your home deck. Appreciate your time. Congratulations. Travel safe and hope there'll be plenty more wins for you. And just remember us when you're rich and famous. Oh, 100%. I hope you have me on the show again. Ah, pleasure. There it is. Thanks Fred Lee, he's me. an outstanding young product. And isn't it great that he made mention of Golf WA, who do a remarkable job for the sport here in Western Australia. Gary Thomas, Kim Felton, and the whole crew, the, the behind-the-scenes crew, well done to all of you. And there's a fine example of what hard work does. Fred Lee, an outstanding talent. We look forward to following his journey. This is the Sporting Goss. Thanks for your company. And thank you to Tyler Lovell. Earlier in the show, we spoke to Ryan Hill. He is riding, of course, down at Pinjarra today. And yesterday on the show, we spoke to William Pike. William Pike had three winners yesterday, including a $10 winner in the first race, Canny Jack. We did cheekily ask him about his rides and his day ahead at Pinjarra Park. He's got a couple of late scratchings, which is a little bit disappointing for him. But at the end of the day, he's still got a very big book of rides down there. This is our brief snapshot of our conversation about his trip to Pinjarra today. Just in, in quick summary, you've got rides in all races. In fact, I think, judging by it, I think you've got rides for seven different trainers, which I know you ride for everyone and everyone's keen to get you on board, but that's a really mixed day for you, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's good, though, at times, uh, you know, to try and spread yourself around and try to get, you know, in a, in a perfect world, get wins for... Mm. For uh, every every stable, which is I suppose the plan, then you got a lot of support out there. But uh, yeah, definitely different for me. I'm normally very much associated with one or two two trainers for for my for my whole day. So yeah, yeah. hope I can make something. Of yeah, it. Well, well, let's hope you can. Uh, what's your best? You've got Hot Blooded, Special Deal, My Rani, Dark Lass, Private Poet, Surrender Talks, Regardless, Sugar Cane, and in the last run, Apple Schnapps. What do you like? Yeah, look, I, I actually think. I'm either going to have a day where I'm, I'm in the money a lot or you won't see me all day. Uh, they are, it's probably not my strongest book of rides I've ever had, but, I, but like I said about the midweek, so I think sometimes uh, these meetings look like that and then you get there on the day and realise maybe the fields are pretty much on par, so you might even be a better chance than you first thought. So okay. um, I haven't got one that I'm overly confident about, but... Um, yeah, in these sort of situations, I always always look to my main trainers, your Grant Milana Williams, your Adam Durant, and they normally are able to to produce one, and and hopefully I can put the polish on them. Thanks for your company. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, Gillian Goss from 6 o'clock will be live from Bunbury from the Dolphin Discovery Centre between 6 and 8. What a show. Chris Clafuna, Special K, the producer, joins us now. Uh, Chris, who is on tomorrow's Gillian Goss show? Huge show. Tomorrow. I know, I know that. I've said that. Who's so, on the show? Adam Gilchrist. Hey! Which is massive already. Take that right one away. Off the top. Ding! Ding! Uh, we've got yourself, of Yay! course. You'll be empty. Everyone's favourite. Hello, Fremantle. <laughs> Andrew Bogut. What? Yeah, Aussie basketball. How did we get him legend. on SEN? That's a good question, isn't it? Oh, yeah, beef with SEN. Yeah. He's in. Right. Well, well, folks. Who else have we got coming on? That's good. Simo. Simo's coming on. Yeah, Adam Simo's coming on. Tomorrow morning, Alex, we are not playing that. He got angry last night. He got angry. If you play it, you're dead to us. <laughs> yeah, that will um that won't go down well. No, we're not doing that tomorrow. We're gonna to be nice to him. He'll ask for it. 
So you have your finger on the button. So if we introduce, because if we introduce Simo and we don't play it, he goes, "Oh, where's my intro?" Then play then it. play it. So you got to be ready, Alex. <laughs> Alex is always ready. He's always he's, uh, hot on the buttons. Is he ever? Yeah. So he, got he Simo. only took about eight weeks to get warmed up. But yeah. he's, he's got. He's, he's, he's finally made it. <laughs> boo, boo. Simo Bogues, Pat Rafter for the Friday Focus. What? Massive. Have we got Pat Rafter on the show mm. tomorrow? Yeah, huge. Has Gilly got Pat Rafter? Gilly has got Pat Rafter. And he's already done the interview, I'm led to believe. And he was yeah. walking out and he went, you wait till you hear what he says about... NK. <gasps> Nikolai Kyrgios. Really? My man. I like Nick Kyrgios, but Pat Rafter, I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet, but he might have some other things to say. What? He might be on the other end so of the, uh, the dial. Have you got the ding there? Excuse me. Excuse me. Have you got the ding button there? Okay, the bell button that should be. Mm. Radio. <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got Gilly. Mm. Big. There we go. Oh, he's yeah. on it. He's on it. So he's gone from the bell to the how tip. Much, <laughs> how how much? This game is so much praise. Like Thirty <laughs> seconds ago, cooked it immediately. <laughs> Alrighty. So Alex, we'll, we'll start again. Now focus, <laughs> mate. Focus. Now, just look at me. Look at me. We've got Adam Gilchrist. We got Timmy Gossage. Oh, I've got an eyes waiting for. Eyes waiting for. We got Adam Simpson, Andrew Bogut, Pat Rafter. Have we got anyone from Collingwood or Bulldogs? T B C. But definitely getting someone working on it. Yes. I heard we've got. <laughs> I heard. I heard on the grapevine mm. that we might be getting. The Bond. Yeah, that's that's the rumour during that, the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having the Bond. That would be huge. Bogut, we just need to Rafter. work out uh, timings, I think. No, and, don't uh, worry about timings. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go an extra hour tomorrow. We should really, because we're down with all our beautiful friends down at Sen Spirit Six Twenty One down that's in right. Bunbury, mm-hmm. and they'll all be down. All our clients down there who have been great supporters of our of our station. Where are you broadcasting from? We're doing from the Dolphin Discovery Centre. It is just beautiful. next level. The delightful Nay Pierce, who I love very much, mm. and did the seven months breakfast stint with Nay. That's right. Um, and Nay obviously does the Tuesday to to Thursday and does plenty of other shifts down there as well. Hasn't been well over the last few days, but we do send her our love. I think she's back on deck um, over the next day or two. In fact, today. Mm. Uh, interesting enough with Nay that we did our launch from down there did as you? well. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, she's a star. Synergy. It's all coming together. And they're not sponsoring this. No. Okay. No, Synergy won't be. No, <laughs> Synergy's not there. All right. Damn. Hey, we've got some breaking news. Yokohama F. Marinos are set to appoint Kevin Musket to take over from Ange Postacoglu at the J-League club. A story was broken by Aussie journalist Scotty McIntyre, who writes for the Asian game, formerly SBS and The Guardian. So well done to Scotty McIntyre. So Kevin Musket, so there was a lot of talk about Kevin Musket, that Muskie, as I like to call him, yeah, yeah. was, was going to go to with uh, Ange to, an um, to Celtic. Yeah. And he's decided to stay and just, you know, he's just waiting then for Ange to fall over at Celtic. Yeah. He's very, very um, aggressive, Kevin Musket. He's a scary man. Scary I like him. Dude. I do like him, though. I like him. You hear all the right things about him as well as a coach where he knows when to be aggressive, but he also knows when to yeah. have a laugh and, yeah. and relax. That's the Millwall the coming out of him. Yeah. So I broke that news to you. That he is. at Millwall. Huge, huge news. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. I saw something online the other day. You know Bradford City, the soccer team? Yeah. The streets of Bradford, they stopped. They, did you ever see that thing go viral? The cops were trying to drive down the street and the people no, in the street just blocked, that. All the kids and the mums and all, just blocked the police from the back out. No. They just wouldn't let them pass. <laughs> I didn't see Is that. Is anyone from Bradford listening to our show? 
Anyone from Bradford? Uh, 25 past 11. Well, let's focus on um, uh, now on the Euros 2020. And um, how much of – and I know you're up early and, you're, and we don't just come in here at 10. We have production meeting at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Another one at 4. Yeah. Another one at 6 and then 8 and then 9 and 9.30. Yeah. How much of the Euros have you taken in? Yeah, not much, to be honest. Not, not as much as I'd like. I, w- I try and watch the highlights and as many highlights as I can, but – uh, watching the live games has been pretty tricky yeah, just with our, sure. with our schedule. Okay. I try to get in bed by 9 o'clock, guys. Yeah, we would notice yeah. that when we have our team meetings <laughs> that um, often you don't respond yeah. to any of our WhatsApp. Sneezing away. <laughs> <laughs> and Gilly and I just uh, waxing lyrical with ourselves. So I'm fresh for the mornings. All righty. What but, have you um, got from us? So, so the game's overnight, and how did that play out for England? They beat Czech Republic the other day. Yes. So where does that put them in the next stage? Because we're now down to the round of 16. We're in the round of 16. They are taking on Germany. What? Who just oh, no. drew two all with oh. Hungary last oh. night? I only drew two all. Yeah, Germany maybe not uh, looking as good as because they were tipped to beat Hungary badly, weren't they? Oh, was that was yeah, very yeah. Upside. yeah. Germany normally a much better side than than Hungary yeah. traditionally, but a, a two all draw was a late draw as well um, for um, the Germans. So a two all draw there, but that Where sees them take the on the Pons. No idea. Everyone's left. <laughs> they saw that I was like... coming into the studio. Like, I've got to get out of here. Don't want to listen to Chris do his segment. I like this. And this is, as we go back to the Euros in a moment, mm. I walked out there to go to the toilet and get a drink of water, mm. and um, they were listening to Gilly's <laughs> Friday <laughs> Focus pre-record with Pat Rafter, which you'll hear on the radio tomorrow. Well, and normally they're listening to my show. We've got people out there doing conference calls. They're dialing Paul. into Paulie's. Paulie's from the east, wheeling and dealing. He's always wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Right, he'll be down there in Bunbury, WA, in Sydney, down there. Melbourne. So Paulie's over here, right? So he's one of the ballpark entertainment part of our crew yeah. at SEN. And he wears those things in his ears. The AirPods. Yeah, that's what they're called. And you don't know whether he's talking to you or not or no, listening been, to you or I've not. I've been caught out several times. But he talks loud. Yeah. And he's a loud talker. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's, he's aggressive with his, uh, with his reeling and dealing, <laughs> he's poorly, but he it's, is. it's in the, the general main office area yeah. where he chats. So Sarah doesn't speak. No, Sarah's quiet. So he, he works for both of them, really, does Paul. But because he's doing his wheeling and dealing from in there, oh, can we turn the radio down? Sorry, mate. <laughs> so Sorry, so mate. I can't hear anything going on yeah. when I'm out there. But then today, all of a sudden, oh, Gilly's chatting to Pat Rafter. Turn it up. Let's crank up Gilly. So he's happy to hear Gilly pre-record Pat Rafter, but not Can't hear have. my interview Can't with have. Ryan Hill after about his rides to Pin- at Pinjera. Yeah. Seriously. Give Back to the Euros. Okay, round of 16. Let's talk about the round of 16 to fix you. I know. Before, I know. before we get on to that, oh, quick heavens, highlight. This is the longest segment you've ever quick done. Quick highlight <laughs> slash possibly low light from last night. Yeah. Martin Dubravka. This was an absolute beauty. Slovakia against Spain last night. Slovakia were kind of hanging in there for the first 30 minutes or so. Then yep. this happened. And Shakka's given it straight back to Spain and Sarabia off the bar. Oh, the goalkeeper, Dubravka. What a calamity for Slovakia. They have shot themselves in the foot. Dubravka, hero with the penalty save. But what on earth were they doing back there then? So he saved his penalty, and then exactly, exactly. So from Spain, Sarabi has taken the shot. It is pinged off the crossbar, gone forty meters into the air. It's come down. The goalkeeper's had a long, long time to think about what he's going to do. Is he going to catch it? Is he going to punch it away? Is he going to punch it over the bar? None of those. 
he's going to spike it volleyball style right into the back of his own net. Hoodush straight really? to the back. Own goal. Oh. A nightmare. And he, uh, yeah, well, that was Is the first. Is he safe? Uh, Do you know what happens with goalkeepers and they make blues and guys score own goals? They lost 5 0, didn't they? Yeah, they lost 5 0. Oh, well, it wouldn't have mattered in the no, end. Okay. But it was a. It was a is it one of those you've got to see? Brilliant area. Yeah. Oh, you painted a really good picture there, and that's a good art of radio. Uh, Thank mate, you. News is not too far away. You're this, right. This is the longest segment. You came in to talk about the Euros. I was well, really excited about that own goal. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. But yeah, the round of 16 games we've okay. got. So we've got Wales Wait and Denmark. So I'm going to, uh, I'll go through, okay, the, you go I'll go through, through the games. Okay. You need to tell me who's going to, there's no draws. I don't do draws. Sure. So it's win or lose. Alex, who's our button pusher, who knows the world game better than, well, not quite as much as you. He knows, I reckon he's well on top yeah, of it. Nah, yeah, well, he's unemployed, so he does, uh, he's, got of, he's got plenty of time to watch. All righty. So here we go. I'm going to get wins or losses. So, Alex, if you agree, you ding, and if you disagree, it's a uh-uh, and it's win only. Right. Round of 16 clashes. Sunday, Wales v Denmark. Chris. Wales. Both yeah, agree man. on Wales. Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, too strong. Italy versus Austria. Italy. The Dutch, Netherlands, this is Monday morning, taking on Czech Republic. Netherlands, I'd say. Three out of three. Good. Good. See, see what I'm liking about Alex, he's not just going to disagree with you. Yeah. He's actually, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? He's actually putting his reputation on the line. Exactly. We'll replay this on Monday. Italy versus Austria, we've done. Netherlands, and so you've all agreed. You've gone Wales to beat Denmark, Italy to beat Austria, Netherlands to beat Czech Republic. Now it gets heavy. Yes, it's a tough one. Belgium versus Ronaldo. <laughs> it is Ronaldo. Two, two penalties overnight for Ronaldo that he's uh, slotted away. I'll say Portugal. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Line ball. Yep, that's, that's fair enough, that's Alex. That's fair enough. Nice work. Uh, Croatia versus Espana. Uh, Spain. The home team. Well, some say the home team. The best team. Favourites. Yeah. France versus Switzerland. France. Uh, well, okay. We'll leave the best till last. Sweden versus Ukraine. Oh, this is the one that everyone's hanging out for. I, I, I'm going for the team that has the blue and yellow. Oh. <laughs> Very good from you. Uh, Sweden for me. Ooh, all righty. Germany, England. Mm. You've only disagreed on one so far. You've I'll, gone Portugal, he's gone Belgium. I'll... I haven't been super impressive, but then again, neither of Germany. I'll back the Poms in. My man, Bakayo Saka. You both agree on him. He'll get it done, yeah. Harry nice Kane work. might pull his finger out and do He's something. He's tired, mate. He looks tired. He looks fatigued. Are you being coached incorrectly as well? The lineup just looks a little oh, bit. Hello. Little now you're bit. throwing poor old Gareth Southgate under the bus. Well, he's maybe not using him correctly. Mate, it's England. They're not going to win it. Phil Foden and... Mate, they're not going to win Boys. it. We expect so much of England. And I, I feel sorry. If you're an England soccer supporter, let us know. Do you think you can advance beyond the round of 16? They're definitely not going to win it. That'll be Italy or France. Time for news. Some big news for WA Golf. All part of getting on to the main PGA Tour, the ISPS Honda PGA Tour of Australasia schedule. And to tell us more is Gary Thomas from Golf WA. You must be cock a hoop, Gaz. Appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, good, sweetie. Gosh, yeah, excited. Uh, as, as the press release said, it's been a few years since we've been on the Tier 2 of schedule, so uh, we're very excited to have that uh, up and running again. And um, 
back at Royal Fremantle Golf Club. So looking forward to that and hopefully we'll get a really good quality field. Fingers crossed, borders permitting, all that sort of thing, but should be pretty good. How does it work? How busy have you been behind the scenes and working with, of course, uh, the, you know, the, the PGA Tour, of course, and trying to get us all together? And obviously with COVID, it's a little bit weird in the weird world that we're living mm. in. Um, did that play in your hands a little bit? Um, well, yes. I mean, last year was really weird and you might recall that we didn't make a decision until early August that the event would actually go ahead and it was um, had to be uh, Western Australian-based players only and therefore become a non-order of merit. But the board made a decision some time ago that, uh, again, board is permitting that this year would return to Tier 2. Uh, we had been a, a program series event in 2019 as well, so we felt it was right that we should get it back to a Tier 2 event. So wasn't a lot of uh, discussion around that. The board were pretty happy and to go straight back onto Tier 2 and obviously we've been just working with the Pro-Am, oh, sorry, the PGA to uh, mm. to finalise details on that. The Nexus Risk West Australian Open returning to Royal Fremantle in October and then also Kalgoorlie's on the radar again. Yeah, so Kalgoorlie will precede uh, the WI Open and uh, I didn't actually realise it was the first time in six years that both of them have been back-to-back as Tier 2 status. We've been back-to-back in different forms in the past, but uh, it'll be exciting to have uh, quality players from all around the country playing in those two events uh, back-to-back in uh, early October. Yeah, October 7-10 in Kalgoorlie, the Kalgoorlie Golf Club, a wonderful uh, event up there, wonderful course, $150,000, and then followed up by the Nexus Risk WA Open, of course, October 14-17 at Royal Fremantle with prize money of $125,000. If I remember rightly, that Kalgoorlie time way back then, as you mentioned five or six years ago, I reckon that was the time that Jack Wilson stormed onto the scene. Well, your memory's probably better than mine on that, Gosh. I remember Um, remember interviewing him, and he was up there, and they were driving up there, and it was, you know, the life of a, you know, on-the-road pro, and uh, then he did okay in Victoria over there for a brief time, and uh, now he's just grown lots of hair. But uh, um, (laughs) he's a different cat. He's a different cat. But but it does does create opportunities for, for pro golfers, young pros, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys do travel around the country. And if we ever, whenever we get back to normal, uh, you'll find a lot of them will, will sort of come through uh, South Australia and then into WA and play these two events. And, yeah, we've had, obviously, guys like Jared Felton and Dimi Papadopoulos and players like that have won that and hopefully go on a bigger and better thing. So it, it's a really good proving ground for our uh, leading professionals around the country before they go on to bigger and better things overseas, hopefully. And, look, I think this year we'll have a real quality field. Clearly, there's some players who aren't travelling because of the restrictions to international travel. I mean, we may also get a few that have travelled and might get stuck there and can't get back. But um, I think uh, the quality of the field will be very good. And again, we'll see some uh, very good up-and-coming young professionals. And in terms of the W Amateur, the WA Open, sorry, quite a few of our leading amateurs will be playing as well. Yeah, now a little later in the show, we are chatting with Fred Lee, who uh, won on the weekend at uh, mm. Royal Perth. He's another one of the products who comes comes through uh, WA Golf and the like, and he's trying to get back to the States to finish his studies as well. You've seen a bit of him. You were out there on the weekend. Uh, I'm mm. led to believe he probably got a little bit lucky, but at the same time, he's a, he's a wonderful young man. I'm looking forward to the chat with him later. Yeah, look, he's a terrific fella, uh, highly educated, and has got a scholarship at Stanford. He's been back for in Perth for quite a while, but I believe he's heading back in August. Um, but he, look, he's a terrific young man. As we might recall, he played in the Junior Presidents Cup team a couple of years ago, uh, which is a fantastic uh, result for him. 
Um, but look, yeah, fantastic young kid. And um, as you say, quite a lot of young guys keep coming through our program, which we're obviously chuffed about. Um, we all hear about the Minju Lees and the Hannah Greens and their Minwu Lee coming through. Uh, but there's another young batch coming through. There's obviously quite a few young kids out of uh, Joonlup are very good. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're really pleased with the quality of players that keep coming out through our amateur ranks, and Fred Lee's clearly been one of those in the past few years. State of golf in WA at the moment, uh, Gary? Very, very healthy, Goss. Uh, there is no doubt that golf has uh, benefited from the coronavirus, and as I've said many times, we, uh, we recognise that we were fortunate as a sport last year when others weren't so fortunate, and a lot of people who might have normally played football or other sports went across the golf. Uh, so I know our, our membership numbers, our Metropolitan Club memberships have grown 8% on last year. Uh, country club numbers are up. Uh, when you look at all the public facilities, the rounds of golf being played is through the roof. Uh, so, yes, the golf is very strong at the moment and uh, obviously now the challenge for all of us is to keep these people in the game. And I know clubs and facilities are working very hard to, 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 to do exactly that. ISPS Handa PGA Tour of Australasia schedule will feature a two-week swing here in Western Australia for the first time in six years. Of course, it all starts up there in Kalgoorlie at the Kalgoorlie Golf Club, October 7 to 10 with the $150,000, of course, PGA Championship. And then it goes, uh, thanks to the city of uh, Kalgoorlie Boulder, WA PGA, and then it goes down to Royal Fremantle. Great course. Looking forward to that one for the Nexus Risk WA Open with 125k up for grabs. Well done, Gary. Well done to everyone at Golf WA, and we look forward to well, all the golfing season, but look forward to when the good names are coming to WA in October. Thanks, Josh. Good to talk to you. Gary Thomas, the Chief Executive of Golf WA. This is the Sporting Goss. Uh, thanks for your company. It's been a big show. Just a reminder, come in, come in, Clifunas, Special K, the producer extraordinaire. Uh, just a reminder our listeners um, who is on Gillian Goss tomorrow between 6 and 8. We're down in Bunbury, thanks to our wonderful friends at SEN Spirit. Who's on the show tomorrow? Adam Gilchrist and your good self yeah. kick things off. So that's huge already. You want to be listening from the start yeah. for what you guys have to say. Oh, our 6 o'clock and to 6.30. It's some of the best radio going around. No, no, it's not some. You're right. It is the best radio Thank going you. around. Thank you. Haven't heard better. Uh, Andrew Bogut, <laughs> he'll be in the first hour as well. What? The great man. Vogues. Is yeah. he coming on about Ben Simmons? I reckon he'll be chatting a bit about Ben Simmons, a bit about what's happening in the NBA. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, whatever Done. you guys want to ask him, really. Yeah. But Okay. Yeah, well, I'll ask all the heavy lifting stuff. Gilly was just going, oh, hi, yeah. Bogey. Hi, Gilly. <laughs> nice to chat to you. Great question, Goss. <laughs> After 7 o'clock, uh, what have we got? Pat Rafter for the Pat Friday Rafter's Focus. Pat coming in. Yeah. In Bunbury. Yeah, I don't think he's coming into the studio. Yeah, in Nick fact, Curi- I know he's not because Gilly's already spoken to him. Is Nick Curios safe? I don't reckon he's safe. I reckon he's going to cough possibly a bit of a whack. <laughs> we'll see. I hope, I hope he does. I hope it's a fair whack. Like I, I, I don't like people who just queue up to whack Nick Kyrgios for mm. the sake of it. But I, I quite think, like Nick. No, I don't like him, but I, I do think he's unfairly judged sometimes because of some of his antics. I, yeah. I think he's got issues, and I think we should be mindful of that. He, yeah, he does bring some criticism upon himself. Just but, a bit. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all, Special K? But, uh, yeah, Pat, I think we'll, we'll probably be – I mean, you can't imagine Pat after having an unfair whack at someone, so that would be good to listen to as well, of course. Um who else have we got? Adam Simpson, coach of the West Coast Eagles. Oh, You're guilty. Simo. We're hoping to get Simpson, eh? There it is. We play that tomorrow and I'll walk out. <laughs> Simpson, eh? Alrighty. Uh, and we'll hear. Show. Yeah. Hey, Ross Lyon had this to say about Carlton. Uh, let's take a look at this, uh, listen to this just before we go. Well, you can just see here they start poorly. First half, they're minus 42. 
I, I've had the pleasure of doing their games or misfortune three Sunday games. It's the same pattern. Start slow, low intensity bar one, half time, come out, have a go, and then they fade terribly with Walsh and Cripps carrying the load. And even when they're dominating, easy scores against, which is their 17th attack um, defence and 10th attack. So unfortunately, spoke about attack and haven't been able to deliver it. So you've got to wear that. If you, if you like Bucks, I want to hang it on defence. If you're not getting any results, in the end, they got him. So if you want to hang it on attack and you're not attacking, well, the Bucks are going to stop. But with their perceived lack of effort, it can be a number of things. Is it dynamic team spirit or is it the mechanics? So I was thinking either they're not capable of doing what's required, but we're all saying they've probably got a bit more capacity. They're capable but don't want to do it. I don't know if that's the answer. Or they're confused and they haven't got clarity and they're not over the coaching panel. Not only Dave is not over to train and implement that they can execute their game style under pressure now, in the SFL clubs. It can only be one of the three. Now, you dropped Milne and Del Santo. Okay? Yeah. So, with Doherty and players the, the way they're playing, Williams yeah. will get to shortly. What do you... Do your team need you to what, make a statement that. with selection? Yeah, you do, because every time you pick a team, you send the message. So, Jason Graham said to me, because I come in, Swans, forward pressure. I said, what do you reckon, Graham? Because I was... He said, well, Ross, you've spoken about forward pressure since you've been here, and you keep playing the same blokes. I was like... So I was weak, weak leader. Make strong decisions, get accountability, and start at the top. They'll to all Australians, I think. So, I mean, Canelio being dropped, I, I didn't like it, but in the end, there was reasons underneath that didn't declare. We're all seeing Doherty. I think they had an opportunity two weeks ago, because if you're letting your captain get away with it, the rest of the list go, well, beauty, you keep getting picked. So... But I, I think it's almost missed the, the opportune All right, time to do it. That's Ross Lyon on Footy Classified. That brings uh, an end to this week's Sporting Goss. Thanks for your company. Thanks to everyone who participated in the show. Chris Clafuna, Special K, great job by you. Best producer in the business. To Alex for pushing the buttons and everyone who got involved in our show. Just a reminder, tomorrow between 6 and 8 on SENWA, we are down in Bunbury for Gillian Goss, Pat Rafter, Andrew Bogart, Adam Simpson, Adam Gilchrist and yours truly. Join us then. Have a good day. Stay warm, everyone, and we'll do it again tomorrow between 6 and 8 on Gillian Goss. Stay tuned to SEN.